These videos are so good, it makes me redundant. It really does. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Christchurch on this Sunday. My name is uh, Tom, and I have the privilege, privilege to be uh, one of the elders here at Christchurch. And it is my pleasure to share uh, what God has put on my heart with you all this morning. So, as a church, we are, you know, over the year we're looking at the series of Corinthians, but over Easter we're looking at the subject of freedom. And uh, we're going to be looking today at verse 1. No, we're not. We're looking at 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, and looking at the freedom that's been won for us and what that means for our lives. So I'm going to read it out loud. It's going to be on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, read along with me. This is the ESV. Submit yourselves, chapter 2, verse 13. For the Lord's sake, to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honour the emperor. So if you are a Christian here this morning, I hope what I'm going to say fills you with a deep excitement and joy that continues from our Easter Sunday service last week. And I hope that you will see that we really are the luckiest people alive today and that we can enjoy the freedom that God has won for us every moment of every day that he gives us. However, now that we are no longer facing condemnation for our actions, we must not use this as a free ticket to indulge in sinful desires. If you're not a Christian, maybe you're just enjoying coming to church or you're interested to see what we do. I hope that this makes you yearn for something that you know you do not have and that deep, deep down you would know that what I say is good and truthful. So freedom, what is freedom? What does freedom mean? What does the Bible mean when it says freedom? Let me ask some of you this morning. Don't give me a Christian answer, but what's the first thing, Duncan, that pops into your head when I say freedom? Oh, I had no idea. You caught me completely off the guard. Um, what is freedom? Freedom is freedom from fear. Okay, fine. Dave? Well, I feel like I'm being influenced now because that's come up, so I'm just thinking a brave heart. <laughs> Great, yeah. Katie? Katie! Catherine! I really enjoy this. What do people square? Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Um, just not being constrained. Not being constrained. Good. I think we'll call it a day there. I think people have been put on the spot. But the point is that freedom can mean lots of things to lots of people. To me, freedom is, is that tomorrow, I, it, um, it's, it's not illegal for me to have a haircut tomorrow, which is a weird sentence, but I'm looking forward to having my haircut. And that's freedom for me, is that I am free to go and do that. 
And hopefully you, you've been coming to this church long enough or you've enjoyed the recent Easter message from Sai to know that on, on a basic level, if you are a Christian here, then Jesus has set you free from sin and death. If you didn't hear Sai's preach last week, I do recommend head to the website, check it out because I really do piggyback off a lot of his points there. Um, and he covers really well the fundamental cornerstones of the Christian faith, that we were far from God and that in Jesus we are free to come near to God. However, the world has and always will pervert this understanding of freedom. Rather, the world says regularly through media and non-Christian friends or relations that we that freedom is your right to do as you choose. Whatever your heart says for you to do, that's freedom. Follow it. Freedom is following your heart. The, the, the Disney answer, right? And if we oppose that, then we're subscribing to an outdated rule book. We're not free at all, says the world. I couldn't find a picture of the world, so I literally used the world. We are a slave to the Bible. That's what the world would say to us. So it's the outworking of Christ's freedom in, in your life. That's what I want to talk to you about today. What that means for us, not just in an abstract, abstract sense, but in the gritty day-to-day -day of our lives with all of its ups and downs. So let's, let's dig into this text and see what God's definition of freedom is. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So in the, in the context of talking to people about how to live their lives, Peter uses the term free people, and he also uses the term God's Slaves, And he's basically saying to them, line up your thinking with the reality of the situation. Yes, you are free from trying to earn God's favor through being good and trying hard, which is called being under the law. You're free from that. Jesus was, was perfect on your behalf. He's done it. You don't have to. But, and it is, it is a big but, you are still slaves to God, who is your master. So we are still slaves. Let's get our understanding right of this word slavery, because it comes up a lot in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it looks very different to what it does now in 2021. So we'll go down a little rabbit hole, or a guinea pig hole, that'd be more appropriate. There's three important distinctions we need to make when we, when we talk about slavery that in the New Testament times, slavery was common, it was legal, and it wasn't based on race. So it was a very different thing. Slaves would have been the laborers in the field, perhaps badly treated, perhaps beaten, but they would also have been bookkeepers and nannies and serving the households of wealthier people in relatively comfortable positions. Hard-working slaves sometimes would even have been set free by their masters who wanted to reward them for their good behavior. So there were good masters as well as bad masters. There were good slaves as well as bad slaves. 
So slavery to a good master wasn't necessarily a bad thing at all. You think in a world with no benefit, no state support, no NHS, slavery would have meant food, a roof, a bed, and if you were ill, you were too valuable just to let die. So even some limited medical care. Now, we very commonly hear the language of freedom from slavery, especially over the Easter season. In fact, that's exactly what we've been preaching about. And so it seems a little odd, doesn't it, that in the text we find that we are, in fact, still slaves. How is it that we both preach freedom in the name of Jesus Christ from the slavery of sin and yet find the Bible calls us slaves still? Are we still slaves? And you have that tension there in the text. And when you've got tension, you've got God trying to reveal something and it's really good to do some digging. If you think, God, how is this true about you? If the Bible also says this true is about you, it doesn't make any sense. There's often something really interesting to discover when you get sections of text like that. So do some digging when you're doing your Bible reading. Anyway, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the Romans, also uses this language. In chapter 6, verse 17, it says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching of which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So when we hear slavery, what is being said is that you are a people with an obligation to someone. Okay, You are a people with an obligation to someone. Now, I have an obligation to my employer. I have to wear the uniform. I have to do the hours. I have to perform financially. But if I don't want to do these things, I can hand in my notice and I can leave. I have an obligation to wear a mask when I go to the supermarket or go to church, but I can leave those places and take the, the mask off. I don't, I'm not obliged to wear a mask every moment of every day. By referring to us as God's slaves, both Peter and Paul are reminding us that we have obligations to God that cannot be ignored, and that we cannot and we must not walk away from them. The Bible does make it very clear Sai preached on this last week well, that you're, you're either under the law or you're under grace. You may not realize it, but you are. The law is like an accountant on steroids. Right? He, he makes an everlasting note in a heavenly book of every single action and word and thought that you've done and then weighs that up with what a holy and perfect God would have done in that situation. And inevitably, as it is with all of us, if you didn't do the right thing, the word condemnation is written over you in a just way. And we serve that. We serve the law through what the Bible calls our flesh, our human desire. And that leads to sin, because we're not perfect. But then... Then there's grace. 
And it is very different. If you come to Father God through Jesus, then that word condemnation is gone. And in its place are written the words forgiven, redeemed, restored. That is who we are as a body of believers. We are forgiven, redeemed, and restored. And there is now no condemnation. We know those words so well, don't we, in Romans. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But that is not now. That is not the next time you do something wrong or the next time you do something wrong. All the way into eternity, there is no longer condemnation for you. And we're free to live in grace through the Holy Spirit, through his desires. But this is where we need to be clear in our thinking. We are free. The beginning part of this verse says it loud and clear. Live as free people. We are free. But, oh, that made it really dramatic, didn't it? But God is still our master. We are now under the master of grace, and so we have obligations to this master. That's what Peter is saying when he says, live as slaves. We have obligations to obey God with our lives, but now with total freedom. There is no condemnation for our failures. We are free to live for God, and he gives us his Holy Spirit to change us and make us want to live for him and want to obey him. So our desires are changed. We are free from condemnation and we are empowered to live and obey God through his Holy Spirit. I've got a clip of a, a film that I'd like to show you now and it's from Disney's Aladdin and this is from the version in the 90s, which I just find so nostalgic watching it. I was saying this morning that it was like my first VHS I got at Christmas time. I must have been about four or five years old. And I remember putting it into the VCR and watching this film as a five-year-old kid with everyone in the room. I miss VCRs. I miss having a thing that you do and you put the thing in and it goes and plays and it's really fuzzy and the sound's rubbish, but... I just miss them. Like, it's not the same. What should we click on and watch? It's not the same. Although, opening up one to find that someone didn't rewind it is really irritating. Anyway, I've gone down a rabbit hole. I must stop. So in the film, we have the character of Jafar. And Jafar represents, to, to us this morning, he's representing our old way of life, our old way of thinking, okay? Our old life before Christ and our slavery to our old master of sin. Jafar wants freedom. He wants to be his own master. If you think about the video this morning, he wants life without the cage, right? He doesn't want anyone telling him that there is something that he cannot do. So he represents the world's way of thinking to us this morning, and he is indulging every desire of his heart. Jasmine, hang on! Little fool. You thought you could defeat the most powerful being on Earth. Squeeze him, Jafar. Squeeze him like a... Without the genie boy, you're nothing. The genie. The genie. 
The genie has more power than you'll ever have. What? He gave you your power. He could take it away. Al, what are you doing? Why are you bringing me into this? Face it, Jafar. You're still just second best. You're right. His power does exceed my own. But not for long. <laughs> the boy is crazy. He's a little punch drunk. One too many hits with a snake. Slave! I make my third wish. I wish to be an all-powerful genie! All right. Your wish is my command. Way to go, Al. I think I muted myself. Did I mute myself? No, wait, ooh, I'm back. I get lost when I watch that clip. And I, oh, got to preach. Um, what was I saying? So, that's the world to us this morning. That we can have everything. But it is simply not true. The world cannot and does not want to live to obey God's righteousness, so it can't have everything. Unless you are free from sin and have given your life to Jesus, then no matter how hard you try, you can't obey God. Like Jafar, who by his own actions, he made himself a slave to the lamp with chains on his wrists, so too are those outside of Christ, chained and bound by their own decisions and their own freedoms. Jafar wasn't free at all. In the end, he was sentenced to 10,000 years in the Cave of Wonders. And so it is with us. If we spend our whole lives desiring and choosing to do things our way, the Bible is very clear about the ending. Just like Jafar getting his ill-fated and foolish wish, God will just give us over to our ultimate desire. If we spend a lifetime rejecting him and choosing our own desire, he will give us over to that. He will give us an eternity where we're forever removed from his love and presence, exactly what we wanted. And he will allow us to live out the life that we've chosen all along to be away from him, but really and truly an existence without him is an existence of torture. You may be listening to this and you're not a Christian. And you may not have realized this before, but it's true. If you spend your whole life rejecting God, he will allow you to reject him all the way into eternity. And that breaks his heart. Hell is, is just a word to describe the place where God 
is not. And if you don't want to be with God, he will let you go there. But we, brothers and sisters, we are in Christ Jesus, who sets us free from the slavery to sin and death, who sets us free from condemnation. And he gives us true freedom, not freedom as the world sees it. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Those are his words. We can say no. By the power of God, by his presence in us, no to the flesh, no to our old sinful life, no to the old master. God gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us to live for him. And I've experienced this in my own life. Just look back at the last 10, 15, 20 years and, and see the freedom that the blood of Jesus has wrought for me in the deeply besetting sins. To be able to say no in a power that is not mine, it's God's power in me. And so by living each and every day seeking him first, being filled with his spirit, we can obey God as his faithful slaves, knowing our reward is to have an eternity where we will never be apart from him. And a place where you're never apart from God is called heaven. I've got one more clip to watch. And it's from the new Aladdin. So you can take notes and tell me which one's better. Your last wish. Royalty was the right idea, okay? We should just riff on that a little bit. All right, here's what I'm thinking. Aladdin, warrior prince, a noble heart in a land where thieves run feral. Jasmine! You like it? No? Okay, all right, I hear you loud and clear. All right, but this is what you need. The governing laws of Agrabah by royal decree. Okay, and here it is. Must marry a prince. Right, but you say the words, and this law just kind of like goes away. You and the princess are in it together forever. You can just make the law disappear? <laughs> Please, like it never existed. All right, last wish, let's get it. Okay, last wish. Genie? I'm ready, hold on, here we go. I wish. Third and final wish. I wish to set you free. What? Whoa, what? Oh! Wait. Tell me to do something. Um, get me some jams. Get it yourself? Get your own jams. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, thank you, Ginny. I owe you everything. Not gonna cry. <laughs> this is such a good film. But it's true, isn't it? 
It's, it's a perfect picture. Well, no picture is completely perfect, so don't actually nail me down on that. But it's a very good picture of the freedom that God gives us. The genie is able to say, get your own jams. He's able to say no to Aladdin, no to his old master, because his chains have gone. And he has been set free. This is the real freedom. This is the freedom that God gives us. This is the freedom that the world just does not know. What God is saying to us through this text is that now we are free. You do not have to listen to the old master. Just because you can do what he says, you must not do what he says. Because the flesh, our old way of life, is still whispering to us, isn't it? It's still calling us back to that life of slavery. How foolish would the genie be if he continued to do everything Aladdin asked? He wouldn't be free at all. He'd still be a slave. The, the chains would be gone. And the same is true for us. We, if we go back to our old ways, it's not changing our identity in Christ. It's not changing who we are because once we're saved, our name has been written in to the book of life that will be read out on Judgment Day. However, we are entering back into slavery by obeying our old master. And this is why in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. To say no to the old way of life, and to pick up his way of life. That's hard. And we need him. We need his Holy Spirit every day because our desires are corrupt. There was a line in, in, in the song that we were singing earlier. Would you do service for Jesus, your king? Would you? Would you pick up your cross? Would you follow him? Is that what's on your heart? Does that fill you with a bit of like, oh, I don't know. Definitely, Yes. Let's pray, shall we, that the Holy Spirit will give us those desires. Let's have the band up and we'll just wrap this up. Because each day we must come to the feet of Jesus, who is the good and perfect master of our souls, and ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit that he promised to give us, and ask him to help us obey his voice each and every moment of every day. Before you were slaves to your old master of sin, even though you wanted to do the right thing, you were unable because you were chained and on a forced march towards an eternity of hell with no hope of escape. And these chains pulled your heart towards sinful desires and hardened your heart towards God. And now that you're free to do the right action before God, you're empowered by his Holy Spirit who makes you want to do the right thing. And he's changing your heart every day if you ask him to make you do what he wants, to obey him. So I'd like to pray. I'd like to pray for everyone watching at home. I'd like to pray for everyone here. Yeah, Father God, thank you that in Jesus I have been set free from the slavery to sin. Thank you that you have given me your Holy Spirit and changed my heart to love you and all your ways. Lord, I am sorry for all the times I have used your grace as an excuse to obey the flesh. And once again this morning, I ask that you help me crucify the wicked desires of my heart and fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. 
Lord Jesus, would you just call us all into service of you, Lord Jesus, into a life where we radically crucify the desires of our flesh. Holy Spirit, would you just come upon each and every person whose heart is open to you this morning and fill their lives with the power that only you can give, the power to say no, the power to be obedient to your name, Jesus. Lord, that we would be an army before you, obedient to the master's voice, to live the way he wants us to live. Lord Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen.